everyone. Welcome to Becoming Divine. I am your host, Julia Wesley of Divine Realignment, and today I have special guest Kelsey DeBruzzini's with us. She is a trauma-informed psychosomatic embodiment coach and emotional release body worker, and I am so excited to talk to you today. I'm so excited to talk to you as well. I'm sure we're going to get into some juicy stuff. Oh, I am excited to get into it. So do you mind breaking down just right off the bat what a trauma-informed psychosomatic embodiment coach does? Yes. So yeah, I understand reading it. It's, wait, what do you do? (laughs) My language is really the body. So I am able to decode the hidden messages of the body to help um, you to really see and understand what's, what's there. And what I mean by this is that our traumas, our emotions, our past, our environment, our beliefs, our thoughts all currently shape the body that we're in. And so it's really being able to be the translator of your sacred vessel and help you to understand what's there for you so that you can feel safer and more alive in your own body. I love that. How is that work complementary or even different to being an emotional release body worker? Because you specify both, but they seem very similar. So they are similar. The psychosomatic body reading. So it's really like, I'm also a trained body reader. So I'm able to read like the features and the tissue of somebody's, the psychosomatic body reading. So I'm able to read like the features and the tissue of somebody's face and hands and body and feet. And I can see the full story. Mm-hmm. And then when we're looking at emotional release, it's really about using the body to do different types of trauma release and work through different anger and resentment and rage and all of those things that are a lot of times suppressed and repressed within us. So they're super complementary. I could do one without the other, but I feel like it would be peanut butter without the jelly. (laughs) I'm curious as to why you decided to work with the body rather than something um, less tangible. Because if you're getting into the woo, you typically, you don't see people working with their body as much as they should be. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. (laughs) Most understated sentence of the century. So I basically took 10 years of, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and and rape and addiction as well. And I took this decade of exploring and figuring out all of these things. And I got certified and tried all of these modalities from talk therapy to, you know, I worked with shamans and all of the in-between. And something that I found at the end of it is, wait, so I'm like now on this spiritual path and I'm doing all the work, but it still doesn't feel right. I don't get it. Like I'm journaling and I'm doing my affirmations and I'm, it didn't make sense. And then something dropped in and I was like, oh, the body. And I trained to be a psychosomatic therapist. And this is where I went, oh, I understand now why everything that I have learned is simply knowledge and it is not yet wisdom. Mm. Where embodiment, a lot of people talk about it in the industry of like embody the next level you, Mm -hmm. but it means something totally different. It's not just about integration. It's about actually being in your physical body in order to create that change that you're looking for. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about being in the physical body? In your work, does that just mean being present for whatever is appearing in your body? Or is it something deeper than that? 
it, it's a little bit of both, but I also mean I like physically and energetically being in your body, being mm-hmm. able to feel the magnetic pull of the center of the earth in the bottom of your feet. And so what happens a lot of times, especially within the spiritual industry, is like there's a lot of heart-centered entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and people. And what happens is what I say most of the time, people's bodies are cut in two, heart mm-hmm. in above and then heart below. And so the vibration of the physical is slow and the vibration of the mental is super fast. And so in order to catch on to the vibration of actually being able to sense, feel what's within your body, your frequency has to shift. And so when I first came into my body, I kid you not, like I was walking around like a newborn elephant. My legs were so heavy. I was tripping over my feet and I finally went, oh, I get it. I'm grounded. I'm here. I understood the term grounded because it's like that magnetic pull. I was anchored. So that's what I mean of dropping into the lower half of your body and belonging to earth. There's so much there that I want to get into. So what you're describing is really fascinating in a way that I think most people have no idea what you're talking about. You're describing it to me and I'm like, yeah, I've got work to do because you're very much right. We, I I know my hips are like a dead zone. So I'm still doing a lot of work there. But when you're talking about, as you mentioned earlier, feeling things like anger, shame, grief, all those uncomfortable things in my experience, and I'm really curious to see if you have this in yours as well, that's where the split comes from. Like we stuff all those emotions down. They're yucky. They're human. They don't feel good. And so we focus on hard and above. That feels great, right? That's never hurt us. It's like being present. (laughs) That sucks. And so do you find that helping people become embodied and sinking into their embodiment, is this why you bring the emotional like a release body work into it as well. Yeah. And okay. oh, I, I love this correlation that, that you've made. It's so sexy because yes, <laughs> it, it, it's true. And by the way, on the hip thing, you're so not alone. Like I, most people, even me, I had to learn how to walk with my hips again because oh, yeah. I was frozen. But okay. So there's a lot of talk about we are not our bodies. Mm-hmm. I don't agree. And, and yeah, yes. we are our bodies. Yeah. We really are. And it's about when you explore the universe through your body, it's an entirely different experience than when you explore it from your crown. Both fine, Mm -hmm. but we're humans in a human body for a reason. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What that means is that we got shit. We have traumas, big or small, emotions expressed and unexpressed, pains, hurt, sadness, joys, loves, laughter, connection, all of those things we carry in our body if we don't release it. Mm -hmm. And so for me to say, become embodied, the very next thing is, oh, but what if your body doesn't feel safe? Yeah. And in order for your body to feel safe, yes, we need to create space and clear out the gunk. And yes, a lot of times it is those kind of negative. And I say I'm using air quotes because I don't believe any emotions are negative. They're just energy. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's the, the story that we give them that creates that. But yeah, a lot of that sits 
within our fire, which is in our torso and our solar plexus. So that creates that separation. And then you get down into the sexual and sensuality, which also carries a lot of shame and guilt and um, disconnection for people. So this is where it is. It's easy to connect to love and above all those other things. It's because it also sits in the body, which again, if it's unsafe, it's not safe to go into all of those things. Yeah, exactly. There's you, you keep saying so much and it's there's a train wreck in my mouth trying to figure out what's next. So let's hit on this first, feeling safe in the body. I don't think people realize how terrified they are of their own body. I know I that I'm scared of my body a lot of the times where I'll be like, I was not aware that was going on in my body. I didn't realize this was cooking. I didn't know this was what was coming up. And I'm like, how can I be so disconnected? from my own body, which is an expression and an outpouring of my own energy. How did I do that? How did I get here? And I think that's what people are actually afraid of is the disconnection, not necessarily the body themselves, but that feeling of separation. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. So beautiful. It's the feeling of separation, but also what's in there is overwhelming because that's also where the anxiety and the uncomfortable feelings all sit. And so the disconnection, yeah, it's like, disassociation happens because that's also the job of the brain. The brain is there to keep you safe. So the brain pulls into, oh, that stuff, like that's super uncomfortable and and that doesn't feel safe. So let's just stay up here. And a lot of times I think people are a lot more disconnected than they realize because the body cannot be experience through the mind. It has to be felt. And what I have happened is I go, okay, so even just something so simple as where do you feel it in your body? And then I can feel, and I can see, cause I can feel people's bodies as my own as well. And I can see their energy. Oh, they're like, um, in my stomach. I'm like, no, you just felt that in your head. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you thought that in your head. <laughs> yeah. That is a fascinating idea that, that you can't experience your body and your mind. How is it that you said that? that's absolutely what people yeah. are doing? We're doing that a hundred percent. You're trying to interpret what's going on. So how do you help someone flip that switch to stop trying to analyze? Is it analyzing what they're doing in their body instead of just being with it? Yeah. And I love that you say the word analyze, because if you break it down, it's actually anal eyes. So they're looking at it with this perception mm. of, I must depict it down to the very thing when it's really just, just experience it. <laughs> it's the analyzing that's that creates the separation. Is that right? I think that's part of it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that create the separation. Part of it is definitely being in the head. And this is where I go back to the whole thing of I am not my body. Where we talk about I am not my body. I am not my thoughts. I am not my emotions. What if we are all those things and it's perfectly fine mm-hmm. and there's no charge to that at all. And then that integration happens where it's, oh, okay. I'm just all of these things and I'm also nothing and it's beautiful and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, so we have all of this incredible uh, spiritual wisdom and knowledge from all of these teachers who came before us. And I think it was delivered with the best of intentions and it was probably what was needed at the time. This idea that you're not your body, you're not your thoughts, you're not your emotions was all given to us in an attempt to help us understand that we are more than those things. So if you solely identify with a single emotion you're having, like say fear, that's all your experience is going to be, right? So when you come back to the idea that maybe actually all of these things are an expression of me, but they're not 
only me. In the very beginning, I think it's sometimes helpful to be like, well, I'm not just my body. I'm not just my thoughts or I'm not just my emotions. But hold on to that idea of not just, right? Because you are those things, right? They're expressions of you. But again, it's not only you. So it sets all conventional spiritual wisdom that we currently have on its head a little bit. It's almost like you're breaking it a little bit (laughs) to make it work. (laughs) Absolutely. And I love the way that you broke this down because I've been talking about these things for so long. And what you said, I was like, yes, thank you for clearly even (laughs) saying that. So I can be like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. But yeah, it completely is breaking a little bit of what a lot of the spiritual communities and things have been taught. And I do think in the beginning, yes, we do need to pull out and we need to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. And also everything that exists in the universe exists within us as well. Yeah. And if what we're after, if the whole point of it is really oneness, what better way to experience that than to be like, listen, I am, you are me. There's mm-hmm. nothing that exists within you that doesn't exist within me as well. Yes. Ooh, yeah. That's the good stuff, man. That's yeah. when we can start getting into it. I think it's so fun to get back to what you were saying earlier about creating space in the body. And I think the reason why we think the body is like the container for all these negative emotions is because we don't necessarily give the physical a lot of opportunity to experience true joy and true pleasure and I think that when you come to this idea of like physical pleasure there is a tendency in some people to completely divorce the emotions from it and so it's just it's purely physical but I don't necessarily find that to be the healthiest way of doing it right? When you completely divorce (laughs) any aspect of yourself from another aspect of yourself, all of a sudden it's disassociation. And you can't necessarily, to feel something physically means to also feel it emotionally and perhaps acknowledge it mentally as well. Yes. Yeah. And I think think that's a real problem. (laughs) I would agree with you because Again, we're all of those things. Right. So to just be like, oh, I'm just going to experience this in a silo. So for example, touch. Mm -hmm. If I just experience the sensation of touch, okay. But that also means that maybe you're showing up sexually disengaged because it's not just about that physical sensation. It's about the emotional response. It's about what's going on in your head. It's about the energetic connection. Mm -hmm. So we do ourselves such a disservice to experience life in that way because life is then no longer turned on and radiant and creative and full of life force. It's just full of moments of existence. Mm, Yeah, moments of existence. And when you're talking about a moment of existence where everything is clicking all at once and coming together, Is that when you're talking about, I'm in my body, but maybe I'm starting from my body first. And then as I'm almost like working my way up, I'm acknowledging my experience from all these different levels. Is that what you mean Mm. by like embodiment? Yeah. So embodiment. So if we go from like a moment of existence where it's just, okay, I'm experiencing this one thing here in this one silo. Mm -hmm. And then we look at 
the human experience and the human journey, which is like this beautiful kind of tapestry of it all together. So for example, if I'm experiencing an emotion in my body, which is just energy, so I'm experiencing heat and I'm now getting angry. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does that trigger? It triggers a story. Mm. And then what does that story trigger? Then that triggers a reaction. And then what does that reaction trigger? Somebody else. So it's, it's all the game. And when we come back into our bodies and we understand the relationship with it, we then get to consciously choose how to step forward instead of just being pushed towards a direction. We get mm. to choose. Okay. Yeah. That makes a whole bunch of sense. So it's almost as if from that perspective, embodiment is consciousness. Yes. Yes. It's all of it. Yeah. So your body and its individual cells and parts, everything is made up of energy. Energy is consciousness. I'm just going to throw that out there for all of you who don't know. Energy is consciousness. I'm staking my flag on it. And your body is made up of so many different little parts which have their own, I don't want to say individual consciousness, but I'm not aware of what my mitochondria are doing. Like I'm just trusting that my mitochondria is doing its business, creating energy, being the powerhouse of the cell and allowing me to live. That's its intention. That's its consciousness. And when you pay attention to the consciousness that's within your own body, then all of a sudden you acknowledge it and there's space for choice as you were saying there's space for I'm not disempowered necessarily maybe I can choose a different way to react to this based on the outcome that I truly desire am I getting that right a hundred percent okay and yes a hundred percent because I think that people don't realize there's a lot of focus on mindset Mm-hmm. and heart set and all of these things. But what people don't realize is that the actual physical structure of your body and the way that your tissue has formed, this is not a coincidence. Right. This is because of the life that you have lived from some of it intergenerational and some of it your own lived experience. And the program of the body is a lot of times stronger than all of them because guess what? The mind also sits in the body. Yes. <laughs> it, it sits within the body. And of course, there are different structures and we need all of it. But the way that our body is shaped then dictates how we go forward. Yeah. Coming back into the moment, recognizing what's here, getting really honest about what is there, releasing the energy, the emotions, the trauma. It gives us choice. So we place in the woo-woo community most of the emphasis on the non-physical, which I think is a mistake. However, I'm guilty of it because we're here in the physical, right? So maybe instead of just poo-pooing the physical and saying, let's just focus on my crown energy center. Let's just focus on like my star family, or I was really like vibing with a Pegasus the other day. I'd like to go back there. (laughs) And I'm like, cool, valid experience. I'm not here to take it from you. However, you're human. So maybe we should try and refocus on finding the spirituality within the physical human embodied experience. Because, and here's where I think we really screw up, is there's so much innate wisdom in just being physical. There's so much innate wisdom, there's spirituality within the body, within a tree, within a blade of grass, 
then we ignore it all because we think being human's boring and so anything associated with it <laughs> is, is sucky and boring and doesn't have any wisdom in it whatsoever. And I'm like, oh no, we're missing something here. Yes. Oh, I'm so with you. And I'm so guilty. I was one of those people who was like, oh, I'm a star seed and I'm all of these yes. things because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because the human experience is messy and hard and it's not always fun. Yeah. And when you know that you're made of stardust, it's, oh, why am I in this body in this life? Mm-hmm. And the switch that happened for me that I see happen with a lot of my clients is, okay, and also your soul chose to be a human mm-hmm. in this lifetime. Yeah. And the body is actually the only physical vehicle that the soul has in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So when I'm reading somebody's body, I can actually see their soul gifts. It's, oh, okay. So your features mean that you're supposed to do X in this life. It means that you're a great this, you're a great that. Your body is the vehicle of the soul. And when we ignore the physical plane and it's like, oh, just what, that's when you get a lot of the wake up people because Mm -hmm. there's this bigger plan. Yeah. Okay. There is. And also your soul chose to be a human. Yes. And to be in the human experience. And what if this was the, what if being a human was the most spiritual experience you could ever have? Amen. Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Becoming divine. (laughs) And this is, this is exactly what this podcast is for, because the idea of becoming divine brings to this idea that we're already striving for something. But when my my guides gave me this name, no, actually, it's because you are constantly within this process of realizing that you're already divine. So it's always in this constant state of becoming and being. And I was like, oh, okay. And this idea of being human in and of itself is a divine experience just by the very nature of creation. So to completely discount anything that's happening here or to say, actually, I'm a Pleiadian. I'm here to tell you, actually, you're not. You're just here carrying the archetype of energy that's typically found in a Pleiadian star system. And here you are on earth in a human body here to figure out how can I express this here to change the archetype of the earth consciousness, right? So it's so very important to be human because you're here on purpose. And I love the way, (laughs) and I love the way that you described being able to see people's like purpose and gifts within their body because I typically work in the Akashic records which is very upper energy centers but when I tap into what I call someone's soul blueprint which is basically what I'm looking up the information that you're describing it's held within someone's root energy center right Mm. down in the bottom there so when someone is expressing who they really are it really starts from the bottom And then you're just building your way up. I don't want to say to the top because it's not like it ever ends, but you're starting from your base and then we're growing from there. And then so I have to tell, especially when I'm trying to teach people how to become aware of their intuitive gifts. I'm like, if you're starting from the top, you're going to crumble because it's so unbalanced. You have to start down at the root, at the bottom, at the base. And it's like a pyramid. If you have a really crumbly bottom for your pyramid it doesn't matter how tall you make it it really doesn't matter and your body's part of that base it's so true and this is what I talk about as well as when I was saying there's a lot of focus on being heart-centered but what happens is when you're just heart-centered or upper chakra centered you're just connecting to that one piece and so then 
you're overgiving, right? Mm-hmm. It's you're overgiving, you're overpleasing, you're overproving. And ha- imagine that, yes, if we came back down to the root, and what do we do? You first connected to your stability, you anchored into earth, and you have got your safety. And then you went up into your sacral, and then you collected all of your creativity and your sensuality and, and your inner tutor. And then you go up into your solar plexus. And what do you have there? You have boundaries, you have your identity, you have your your knowledge, your self-confidence. And then you go up into the heart with all of those things with it. And then you have compassion for yourself before you have compassion for the world. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and then you bring that up into your throat and that's what you express, right? Right. So they all serve a purpose Mm -hmm. and it's all for us to be able to step out and feel protected and safe and whole and loved and connected and all of those things. So instead of picking and choosing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And the way you're describing it, it's a richer experience if you start down from the root chakra and work your way up, right? Because if you just start in the middle, you have no context for what this is really for. So like you said, if you're just in your heart energy all the time, you're overgiving because you don't understand that really – it's the whole you can't pour from an empty cup. What are you giving? Yeah. What are you giving? Yeah. Is it, what is this? Are you giving you away? Is it, are you sure? Are you doing it because you want to? And so when you start from the, the base, which the way that I read that energy, it's so very also heart-centered as well because it's Gaia energy, right? Yeah. Like it's the point of creation where we're all coming from. And also that's, where abundance comes from, right? Because our gold, the gold standard, what we base our money from is literally earth. It's literally guy, it's gold. (laughs) And so if you're struggling and you're top heavy and it's like, well, I got news for you, pal. Guess where you're not? You're not in your root chakra energy. You're not, you need to be physical. You need to be embodied because you're feeding yourself energetically and spiritually, but you're not supporting yourself in your humanity. Wow. I hope that everybody goes back and listens to that again, because that was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. And it's so true. Yeah. You want abundance. A lot of people go, okay, I need to connect out more. Mm -hmm. Money is based off of gold. What is it? (laughs) So simple. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that one of the reasons why we're so disconnected spiritually, very spiritually minded people. And I feel like that's a misnomer because spirituality doesn't necessarily have to exclude the physicality. But when you're someone who's perhaps new to your spiritual journey and you get swept away by the mysticism of, you know, being made of stardust and you forget that you're here to be human for a reason and you get unbalanced. And so connecting back in with the body understanding that it's here to support you, that it's literally part of you. I think it's just, you have to. It has to be part of your reintegration journey, right? Yes. Oh, 100%. And the beautiful thing is because a lot of people also talk about their body in terms of my body. And Mm -hmm. that within itself even creates separation because if we look at it as rungs, it's actually I. Oh, wow. Because it's my body feels. No, I feel. And even just being able to reclaim that and speak from it 
of like claiming your emotions, claiming your experience and not creating a separate entity that changes the reintegration game a hundred times over. That's fascinating. Let's talk about that a little bit because you're talking about like changing even the languaging of how we relate to ourselves. And when someone is having a hard time, I'm trying to think of why someone, why we typically create that separation of my body from I am experiencing something. A lot of times goes back to that I am not my body thing. And we don't okay. feel necessarily like our bodies. It's that disconnection. I am the thoughts that are, again, mm. I am not the thoughts, but yeah, yeah, th- that's a rabbit hole. But yeah, <laughs> um, it's just part, I believe it's part of society. We can say like my elbow hurts or whatever it is that hurts, but mm-hmm. most of the time, and if I'm talking about a lot of times in the spiritual community, right. it's because again, the body is not the stardust, even yeah. though it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're actually talking about when they say you're made of stardust. <laughs> Your body's made of stardust. And that's really interesting because I think when you're saying, like, my elbow hurts, there is a way of which it actually seems as if you're claiming it, right? Like, my knee hurts. It's my knee. And I wonder if it's because Mm -hmm. I can see my knee. But if we're talking about, oh, my liver is, I don't know, angry at me because I drank last night. I can't see my liver. So maybe that's part of the reason why we feel disconnected to our bodies sometimes. Because I can see my ear. My ear hurts. But I can't see my intestines. And I wonder, do you run into that? Yeah, I I run into it. And this this is making me think as well because I'm like, why? I think part of it, that's probably definitely a part of it. I think also part of it, if we're looking specifically at the spiritual community and then what happens when people start to come into their bodies, Mm -hmm. again, it's a separate entity. So a lot of times in coaching, what happens is this is, okay, so you're feeling this and where do you feel that in your body? Mm -hmm. And then the whole conversation of my body feels X and it comes back to the languaging because this is also part of psychosomatics and that the language that we use is also from the program of the body. Mm. So if you are separating yourself, if you're saying my body, this instead of I, that's because that's the program that has been created to separate yourself from your divinity. And so just pay attention. Like even the languaging that, that you use is a lot of times I even say, when you're talking about issues that you're having, it's, oh, I always do this or I always do that. Well, okay, that means you're never going to change it again, never going to change it. So what if we say in the past, this is the way that things have happened? Mm-hmm. Like even just switching the languaging around things, it changes the way it feels in your body and changes the way your body receives that vibration. So I'm thinking when I feel most in tune with my body, and I am, I'm doing that claiming of this is what I am experiencing. And you're coming from that holistic perspective of my mind, you know, body and emotions are not separate, but that's part of the whole, right? It's part of the expression. There's this real sense of love and compassion that I would have for my experience. And I, if I were lacking that compassion, because there are definitely times where I'm lacking compassion for myself. And I think that is when I would try and disassociate from my body probably oh I hit my elbow and I would probably be identifying more with 
the anger I'm feeling behind why or annoyance even than being compassionate for my elbow hurts. Because you're right, it goes back to the languaging. Because I'm not saying my elbow hurts, I'm saying I hit my elbow. (laughs) And my elbow is hurting me. It's like, how dare my elbow? And so for me, it seems as if it's like I'm having a hard time modulating or relating to my emotions. And so I take it out by disassociating with my body. You're like messing with my mind here, Kelsey. (laughs) Whoa. And... Yeah, so it's almost as if the language is like, not a red herring, that's not what I'm trying to say. It's almost as if it's a red flag to let you know that, hey, something's wrong. And so it's like almost if you can hear yourself, then you can pick up when you have stopped being present or stopped being conscious. 100%. Okay. Yes, you, again, I'm loving this. The way that you're describing (laughs) things back, I'm like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I get this because you're blowing my mind as we're talking about this. I was so excited for this interview. I, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm so I've been sitting here this whole time. I'm like, this is my favorite podcast interview <laughs> I've ever done. <laughs> I'm like, how do we do this again? What, what, how, 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 what do we do? This is amazing. I would love to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> so much. I don't know how we're going to fit this in into an hour, but it's so much work that you do when you're finally getting into the body that you're always catching parts of yourself. And it's not just your thoughts. When you sit in meditation and you're constantly trying to catch your thoughts, it's like next level meditation where you're incorporating your body and you're like, oh shoot. So even meditation needs to be upgraded really to where we stop just sitting in a pose and thinking. Do you recommend walking meditation to people sometimes? Yeah, I do. Especially my clients who are very heady which is a lot of them, I don't (laughs) recommend but on seat meditation because it's really just another way of using your brain. What'll happen is that you go and you sit on a meditation cushion and then you can't quiet your mind. So then you're thinking about the fact that you need to quiet your mind. And then you're thinking about the fact that you just need to let the thoughts go. Like it's all just an experience more of the mind. What I recommend is to move your body first. Life is a meditation. It's about the awareness and the presence that you bring into it. And so move your body. If you want to go put your butt on a cushion and do it, beautiful. But move your body first so you can quiet the mind and then go sit. Because I run into this problem a lot when people are telling me I'm having a hard time meditating. Like for me, I needed to be still because I needed to focus on my emotions to heal because that was definitely what I didn't want to feel. I was avoiding that. And so I have people come to me and they're like, I just can't, I just can't make my brain shut up. And I'm like, it's not about making your brain shut up. It's about paying attention to what your brain is doing. And so I actually know people who get into a meditative state when they vacuum. And I'm like, perfect. Like that's all you need. (laughs) The importance of incorporating your body into it is like really truly hitting me at this moment. And so when you're teaching someone how to flip that switch, are there any practices? And I don't want you to give away your secrets, but is there like a general idea that you want people to understand? How can they, are there practices that you give people? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first things that I do, so in working with people, I like teach people how to walk again, 
like with their body in alignment That's and teach people how to speak again. It's just everything. Yeah. It's funny. Cause even my husband, cause he's of course, like I'm always telling him, I'm like, look at that. Why are you doing that? And so now <laughs> he, like the way that he walks is completely different from how he walked a year okay. ago. And then that changes everything. And so the first thing that I want to say is if you're just starting on this journey, with your body is to just start even something like we'll touch our genitals when we're so simple as touching your body. A lot of times we touch our faces to watch them, like we'll touch our genitals when we're self-pleasuring or whatever it is. But the other parts of our body, like when was the last time you just rubbed the back of your thigh? You just touched your little toe. So being able to experience the sensation of the body through the very tops of your fingertips, through an open palm hand, through your knuckles, how does all of that feel within you? Instead of doing, and and you can of course go close your eyes and do a body scan and start to feel for tight spots and these things, but you can physically take your hands and be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that part of my thigh hurts so much. Yeah. And then you can just take your thumb or a couple of fingers and gently massage into that spot. This is one of my favorites to give because it's very tangible. Mm-hmm. And it's really you using your body as the vehicle to explore what is in there. That, and then help yourself that. to release it. That's awesome. The idea of doing a body scan, I think is probably how most people would meditatively get in touch with their body. But as you're saying it, I'm recognizing that's still a different experience. Like I can be aware of my butt on my seat, but I don't know what it really, like I'm aware of my knee, but when I touch my knee, it's different. Yeah. And that's the thing It's we are the physical and we're also the energetic. So having both and playing with both is, is important. But I remember when I, oh gosh, just coming into my body for the first time was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. And when I first came into my hands and I was touching this leaf and it was like, I had never touched anything in my life before. I was touching this leaf and I could literally feel the energy of the leaf come up into my body and start speaking to me. Oh my God. And I was like, this is the experience of embodiment. This is crazy. The more that I come into my body, the more magical things get. Yeah. The more that you're talking, my guides are like, this is why she's on. The more that you're talking, the more that I'm like, it's like next level stuff. So it's okay, great. You can sit and meditate. That's perfect. But now can you include your body in with the attention that you're paying your mind? It's like levels on levels because yes. And I don't mean to like poo-poo the Zen master on the mountaintop who's like levitating in, in lotus pose because I'm sure he's already done this work or she. But for the rest <laughs> of us who are just like, yeah, like I meditated for 15 minutes today, feeling the vibes. And it's like, okay, there's probably more that we need. Yeah. To do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, it's, it all goes together, right? There, there right. is definitely a place for silencing the mind and coming into the stillness and doing all of that. But for me, what I find is exponentially when we start actually involving the body in what we do, right. that's when you discover just how magical you are. I mean that I tried so hard to, to connect and to do all of these things from my head. And when I came into my body, I was literally slamming doors shut with my energy. Like I stopped traffic through my body. So like the the craziest things happen. And I say this and I'm like, everyone's going to think I'm an insane person. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I say it because I blew my own human mind experiencing my body. And that's what's available for everybody else as well. It's not just like a throwaway. It's why we're actually here. And one of the most important things that you can do in this lifetime. It's be human. That it's we've been saying. It's your body. You're human on purpose. And that's the whole thing of it, isn't it? So the way that my guides describe the higher self and the ego to me is we're not meant to kill the ego, right? The ego is just a function of perspective. We're here to incorporate it into the higher self expression so that it can stop feeling divorced from the rest of your experience, which is when it's separation is what, you know, creates pain and all of that. And so that's when the ego gets twisted. And it's bringing to mind this idea of the body almost holding that higher self perspective in a way. The way where it's, no, that's not even right. The body, when you can incorporate the mental and the emotional lens and understanding the body as the I, it's almost that God self perspective. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It, it is. It's remembering that you are a God among gods and it all exists within you. And because I love that you're talking about the ego as well, because there's a lot of talk about it. People think, oh, that's my ego. Like it, it's okay that there's yeah. nothing wrong with your ego. For me, what I actually think is that the body is the biggest shadow of all for most people. Mm -hmm. you want to do shadow work, the body is probably most of the time the biggest shadow. And so th that's where the wholeness comes in and all of like the connection and the belonging first to yourself mm -hmm. and then to the world. I want to keep you forever, but it's almost <laughs> an hour. <laughs> And I do want to give you time to tell people where they can find you and how they can work with you and how they can start doing this work. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm like, I could stay here for seven more hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, um, Kelsey De Bruzzini's. Um, on Facebook, I'm It's Kelsey De Bruzzini's. My website and everything is there too. If you want to work with me, I have several different ways of working with me, whether it's a session or a longer term package to really go on to this or start this journey of reconnecting with yourself fully, truly, wholly, all of it. Yeah. If you have any questions to just reach out, I'm an open book. I talk about all these things on my socials as well. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for this conversation. Awesome. I loved it. And yeah, we'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. Beautiful. Thank you.